0: Okay, welcome back, creeps. was everyone today?
1: Today we have a special guest uh, in this room with us. This is Henrietta. <laughs> everyone say hi to Henrietta. Go ahead, just speak into the mic, Henrietta. Uh, thank you. Um... That's all the time we have for Henrietta. She has to cross the road to get to her her home. She just moved in. She's our new neighbor. But we're happy to have her. And that's it. So we'll see you later, Henrietta. Okay? Right. Okay. So. All right. Back to business. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> wow.
0: Well, I was not expecting that. <laughs>
1: neither was so... i to be
0: honest <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna start this episode off by reading part of an email that we got yesterday yeah uh... uh yesterday as we were recording this it was last week in real life um and it goes hey dulce and adam just writing to tell you about that i love your podcast true crime and all things paranormal are truly the meats and cheeses to my creep sandwich <laughs> I'm just writing in to say, "I love your content and rapport, and, for the first time in my life, I now know another person who is scared of sloths. <laughs> I'm trying to emphasize sloth: is Yeah,.: because when, when
1: he first read that to me, I was like, "Scared of the machines in Vegas."
0: <laughs> <laughs> Never thought I'd see the day. Me, being a lover of all things, creepy crawly, I own several snakes and have owned tarantulas, scorpions, etc. in the past. It often makes people scratch their heads when I tell them I'm afraid of slots. Nah, dude, shit's scary. With their giant-ass arms and claws and their dark eyes that, <laughs> and their dark eyes that just scream, "Yeah, come closer. I'm so slow." Just kidding. I'm gonna slash your face open while your family watches. <laughs> <laughs> the fear is real, and I've never heard of anyone else sharing this phobia. Keep doing what you're all, what, keep doing what y'all are doing. I'm going to leave the rest of it out because that's just for us.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but we, I,
0: I got that yesterday and I was like, okay, cool. Like it's a listener's story. I don't usually read them until we're recording. Mm-hmm. I normally just glance at the, the first few lines like where it's like the greeting or whatever. And then I can write back and say, thanks so much. We will read this when we're recording. But then the more I read, the happier I got. I was just, this <laughs> is fucking hilarious. Um, so that's and, from kirsten
1: do you remember like it was a very small time like it was a small period in social media timeline past where there was like a lot of memes about slots there was this picture going yeah. around There was a picture going around of this lady um i guess she was posing she was a model i don't know what she was modeling but they she was holding a sloth and it looked like the sloth was whispering in her ear. Yeah. And they kept turning it into a meme
0: mm-hmm. of
1: what of the different things that the sloth could possibly be whispering to this woman's ear. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> I didn't like it then. I don't like it now.
1: But there was, I think it was, they had one where they turned it into a meme of that song, you know, that song by the Ying Yin Twins.
0: Nope.
1: They had this song called Whisper. And then it'd be like on the meme, it would say, hey, little mommy, let me whisper in your ear. <laughs> <laughs> And then he would be
2: like, wait till you see my dick. Hey, bitch, wait
1: till you see my dick. Because <laughs> that's how the song went. I believe you. <laughs> it, was, it was a pretty good song.
0: Anyway, Kirsten, that, that made us have a good old laugh last night when we read it. So we really appreciate it. I'm
1: going to show you the song later.
0: I'm sure you will. (laughs) So, getting back to weekly creep, we are literally recording this as we're about to pack for vacation. So we're getting our shit done before we go anywhere, trying to get all so we can take a whole week off and not worry about yeah anything. So, I've also just finished doing the monk of Pontefract. So I was like, you know what, I'm taking it easy on research this week because otherwise i get too sucked in and i don't know how enjoyable it is for everyone else because <laughs> i'm just like i feel like you know that aliens meme the mm. guy with the big hair and just like aliens man yeah <laughs> and i'm over here like ghosts man <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah i can see that happening yeah so because it's like you you it's because you don't know how to tell if anybody else is enthused so you're just trying to like like drive it in <laughs> You know, like, no, listen, this is exciting. You should be excited. Yeah. Why aren't you excited? But the thing is, we can't tell when people are excited because this is a one-way show here. Yeah. We're technically talking at them.
0: I'm just over oh, really, <laughs> a polter a poltergeist is a, a formless mass of energy taking the suggested form. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is you.
0: So anyway, I've gone um. <laughs> The easy route, but I found this interesting article on Ranker, and I don't know if anybody else reads Ranker or whatever.
1: What's it, it about? What's Ranker?
0: It's basically people go through and pick like just really cool fucking Reddit posts oh. and put them into little articles. Okay. But this one in particular is people describe when places they visited inexplicably disappeared. Oh. And it was just an interesting one for me. Um, I thought anyway, so I stopped because normally if I'm supposed to be going to sleep, this is what distracts me and keeps me awake for hours. I'm like, what did Elvis like to put on his sandwich? Like, you know what I mean? So
1: like they disappeared or the buildings disappeared? No, the
0: places disappeared.
1: After they went in there. Yeah. What?
0: Yeah. But anyway, since I...
1: Like with them in it?
0: No, 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 no. no. Oh. Like they'll go back. And it's gone? Yeah. Oh. I'll tell the stories and you'll understand. Okay. <laughs> But did you want to go first this week? Because I know we have some Disney stuff.
1: I will go first to the bathroom because I have to pee.
0: Okay. Regale us with some Disney facts.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Some Disney truths. Yeah. All right, y'all. So my sources are Bustle, Bussin, and Wikipedia.
0: Our nieces have told us that we're not allowed to say Bussin. We're too old. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> no, they, they said we sound weird when we say it, therefore
0: We're too old Oh, I haven't even attempted to say it anyway
1: No, I was going to say therefore I say it twice as much I make it an effort to say it as many times as I can as many times as I can fit into a sentence I'll be like, hey
0: just out here trying to make people uncomfortable I'll
1: be like, hey, how's that snack? Is it busting? <laughs> and they'll give me a look and I'm like, but is it Bussin' Bussin'? Because <laughs> that's also a thing. <laughs> when something's just so good. <laughs> so we're talking about Snow White, y'all.
0: That bitch, Snow White.
1: <laughs> or Schneewichten. Schneewichten. Schneewichten? Yeah.
0: I think I went to school with her. <laughs> Terrible it's a, joke. It, it sounds it's... like a Dwight Schrute thing.
1: It's a German. It's German origin, and he is German. It was first published by the Brothers Grimm in 1812. She is Disney's first animated princess. In the story, she is the constant target of her evil stepmother, who, you know, she's the queen because she married Snow White's dad.
0: Okay. And Snow White's dad was the king?
1: So Snow White, yeah. So Snow White's dad and mom, they, you know, they were... A happy little family, right? And then the mom got pregnant, has Snow White, but then the mom died, so he remarried
0: to okay. the queen, the queen stepmom, the
1: new yeah, the new queen slash stepmom,
0: right? Right? That new smoking hot stepmom,
1: <laughs> the one that's probably twenty years yeah yeah
0: <laughs> right. We've so, all seen that search,
1: yeah. So the the evil queen was also a witch, apparently, according to the story. Okay. And she had in her possession a magic mirror. And she liked to ask the mirror because this lady was a very vain woman uh, who was the fairest of them all. Right. And she, in addition to being evil, she was also the hottest woman in the world.
0: So smoking hot stepmom, queen. And a witch. And a witch. Okay. Witch,
1: sorceress, whatever you want to call it. So she had this mirror that she liked to ask basically hey, mirror, who's the baddest bitch of all? And the mirror would be like, you, queen, slay. (laughs) You, queen, slay.
0: (laughs) I'm going to get you that mirror. (laughs) Yes, queen.
1: (laughs) But all that changed when Snow White turned seven. Because when she asked the mirror then, the mirror told her that she is no longer the fairest of the land, that Snow White was.
0: Because she's seven.
1: Um, well, fairest. Fairest is not exactly hot. You wouldn't call a seven-year-old hot. You would just say she's the fairest. She's she's the most beautiful or whatever.
0: This is still weird. Um, 17, like maybe.
1: No, a a child can still be beautiful (laughs) at seven. You just don't sexualize her, weirdo.
0: (laughs) I feel like I'm not the weirdo here.
1: (laughs) No, you're right. (laughs) Anyways, so the queen being in rage that she was not the most beautiful anymore, hired a huntsman to take Snow White into the woods and kill her. She told them, this I didn't know, she told him that she wanted her heart because she wants to eat it so that she can be immortal.
0: Oh, makes sense.
1: Right. So the huntsman's like, cool, take Snow White to the forest, and he's about to kill her, but Snow White begs for her life. And she's like, please don't kill me. I swear to God, you'll never see me again. I'll disappear. No one will ever find out. And so the huntsman, reluctant because he's scared of the queen. He's like, okay, fine. I'll let you go.
0: (laughs) You know, sorry. I'm picturing this in my head. Like, you know, that drunk people are drunk history thing.
2: Oh, yeah. Where it's like just
0: shooting back between you reading the story and like people (laughs) acting it out or a cartoon acting it out. This is hilarious. The huntsman's like, yeah, okay, cool, fine. Yeah, yeah. I'll go, I'll rip her fucking (laughs)
1: heart. I mean, that's that's essentially how I'm reading it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So the huntsman ends up letting Snow White go, but he has to bring back her a heart because the queen's expecting it. So he kills an animal, a deer. And takes that heart to the queen and says, hey, look, I killed her. Awesome.
0: You know that little seven-year-old girl? Yeah, her heart was the size of her head. So weird. Here you go.
1: (laughs) Snow White breaks into a small cottage that has, like, little tiny meals in the kitchen and tiny beds in the bedroom. And she makes herself at home. The seven dwarves come in after a hard day's work. And they're like, who the fuck has been in our house? (laughs) they're like okay you know uh, yeah. and they're mad because their privacy has been violated as would anyone if i thought someone broke into yeah, my house they're here
0: fucking my shit.
1: yeah so they go in and they're all pissed and they're like oh hell no and then they go upstairs to go see if their stuff got stolen and then they find a like a little girl in their room and they're like hold up what's going on wait a minute who invited the, who invited this one in
0: it was one night 10 years ago <laughs> She never told me.
1: (laughs) So Snow White wakes up, explains her situation. They let her stay on the condition that she does house chores for them while they're at work all day in the mountains.
0: I mean, that's fair.
1: Yeah, she's like, cool. Awesome. After the huntsman gave the queen the heart, the queen was like, you know what? I don't need to ask the mirror who's the fairest of them all anymore because... My number one rival is dead. So she gives, she cools it with a magic mirror for a while. Yeah. But 10 years later, she decides, let me just fucking ask it. So she asks it, who's the fairest of them all? And the mirror, this snitch mirror,
2: <laughs>
1: tells the queen, Snow White's still the fairest of them all. And she's living with some dwarves in the forest. So she's like, oh, like,
0: completely sold her out
1: completely sold her out because i mean the mirror doesn't know it's being a snitch it knows no better okay so the queen's like fuck that i'm gonna go kill her i've never seen the movie snow white
0: oh really yeah oh i had it on tape great (laughs) the witch still scares me
1: i haven't seen cinderella either
0: yeah we had that on tape too Little Mm. fat mouse i always always related to that little fat mouse
1: (laughs) all i know is that his name is gus gus
0: yeah, something like that. Yeah, I, I thought it was just Gus, no? Anyway. Oh, no,
1: no, no. I think they called him Gus Gus, but his name was Gus. Anyways, so the queen appears at the dwarves' cottage disguised as an old peddler and offers Snow White a colorful, silky-laced bodice as a present. The queen actually laces her up so tight that Snow White faints and collapses. Shit. So the queen just leaves her there because she thinks she's dead. But the dwarves return home just in time. And Snow White is then revived after the dwarves loosen the laces. So the queen realizes that Snow White actually didn't die. So she's like, alright, take two. So she dresses up as a comb seller and convinces Snow White to take a beautiful comb as a present. So she strokes Snow White's hair with the poison comb. The girl is overcome by the poison. And she is again revived by the dwarves when they come home from work that day. So they do so by removing the comb.
0: Oh, real simple.
1: <laughs> yeah. Because I, I guess they were like, they saw her and they're like, which of these things don't belong?
0: Yeah. Why is a- she sitting here with a comb still in her hair? Yeah. Why didn't the queen just stab her? Like, just get the fucking job done.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's like, I, I mean, in maybe that time. Maybe stabbing
0: hadn't been invented then.
1: <laughs> well, no. You know what? I mean, poison in serial killers is a common weapon. No, I know, I know. Especially with lady
0: serial killers, yeah. Correct. I don't think the Grim, the Brothers Grim, were thinking of this, though.
1: (laughs) No. No, but it makes sense. It's almost like they knew something about women killers.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs)
1: You know? Maybe
0: they had just listened to one too many true crime documentaries, or two true crime podcasts.
1: Uh, Maybe. Finally, the queen disguises herself as a farmer's wife and offers Snow White a poisoned apple. This is the one that Disney ran with, the poison apple. Snow White is hesitant to accept it, so the queen cuts the apple in half, eating the white half, which was harmless, and giving the red half, which is poisoned, to Snow White. The girl eagerly takes a bite and then falls into a coma or appearing to be dead, causing the queen to think that she's finally triumphed. This time, the dwarves are unable to revive Snow White, and assuming that the queen has finally killed her, they place her in a glass casket as a funeral for her. My thing is, Snow White knew that after the huntsman let her go, she knew that the, it was the queen's plan all along to get her killed
0: yeah and she kept opening the door to random strangers
1: why didn't they i'm sure the dwarves were like stop letting people in
0: you know what the dwarves needed they needed some nest cameras in front of the house so they yeah. could be like or google or ring
1: a ring doorbell a
0: ring doorbell yeah, yeah. So now why don't open the door we don't know who this lady is yeah
1: See, and then she would have rang the doorbell, and then the dwarves would have got on their cell phone and been like, what do you want? Yeah.
0: Who the fuck is this?
1: Yeah. The next day, a prince stumbles upon a seemingly dead Snow White lying in her glass coffin during a hunting trip. Glass coffin sounds fucking awesome.
0: Yeah, it does, but like, realistically, did they do that so they can just watch her decay?
1: I don't know. After hearing her story from the seven dwarves, The prince is allowed to take Snow White back to her proper resting place, which is back at her father's castle. All of a sudden, while Snow White is being transported, one of the prince's servants trips and loses his balance. This dislodges the piece of poisoned apple from Snow White's throat, magically reviving her.
0: Oh...
1: The prince is overjoyed with this miracle, and he declares his love for the now alive and well Snow White, who, surprised to meet him face to face, humbly accepts his marriage
0: proposal. Okay, but if he is the prince, and the queen is still the queen, Mm -hmm. this is either her direct brother or her stepbrother.
1: You know, there is several... Reigns and kingdoms in the world. I'm pretty sure they probably weren't
0: related. I mean, the current kings and queens of the world are all related.
1: Are they? Yeah. Like the, the... that's why they
0: live to like 184 and they look like fucking mutants.
2: Oh, okay.
0: That's why they were so put out when one of their grandchildren was going to be a slightly darker shade of white.
1: Fair. Okay, I get. Okay, I didn't know that.
0: So I think this could be her brother. At the very least, it's a cousin whatever
1: <laughs> they're in love okay still not right anyways after snow white accepts the proposal the prince is like fuck yeah and he invites everyone in the land to their wedding except for snow white's stepmother because snow white did fill in uh, fill in the prince on hey this is my backstory yeah this bitch is trying to kill me
0: she's a real asshole yeah
1: she's a real bitch." The queen, believing herself finally to be rid of Snow White after 10 years, again asks her magic mirror, who is the fairest of the land? The mirror says that there is a bride of a prince who is yet fairer than she. The queen decides to visit the wedding and investigate. Once she arrives, the queen becomes frozen with rage and fear when she finds out the prince's bride is her stepdaughter, Snow White. The furious queen tries to sow chaos and attempts to kill her again, on the spot. But the prince recognizes her as a threat, obviously, because she's trying to kill her.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: she's like, oh, oh, she's like, I guess she's a threat. She's trying to kill my wife.
0: <laughs> he goes like, oh, fair maiden, thou stepmother is a cunt. <laughs>
1: Oh, so I'm sorry, I misspoke. He found out the truth at, on the wedding day because she's like, why the fuck are you trying to kill her?
0: Oh, okay, then And, okay, and okay.
1: Snow White's like, this is the bitch I've been telling you about, I guess. Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> you know, the one that you purposely didn't invite to the wedding? <laughs> yeah. And also, I, I feel like the queen was like, where is everyone? It's Saturday.
1: You know, the way things roll out in movies, I'm pretty sure it went like this. While they're planning the wedding... Snow White was probably like, let's invite my dad. Let's not invite my stepmom. And the prince is like, why? And then Snow White's probably like, just don't. Just trust me. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: yeah. You know? And then when the shit goes down, he's clueless because he probably thinks like, oh, uh, they're probably mad at each other because i don't know like uh
0: because of periods they didn't
1: like to share clothes
0: yeah or some petty
1: shit like that and then when it comes down to the wedding day the queen gets there and it's like trying to kill her and the prince is like oh i just let her in because i thought you guys just didn't like each other i didn't know that there was violence between (laughs) y'all you know
0: violence (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> also now i'm picturing snow white as being like julia roberts or something for some reason.
1: <laughs> yeah it's like okay there's you, you see what i'm saying like that's how the movies are always always yeah, are yeah, yeah
0: clueless cousin prince yeah uncle mom and Aunt dad over here <laughs>
1: as punishment for the attempted murder of snow white The prince orders the queen to wear a pair of red hot iron slippers and to dance in them until she drops dead. With the evil queen finally defeated and dead, mind you, the wedding's still going on. Everyone's in attendance watching this. Snow White has taken her revenge. So her wedding to the prince peacefully continues.
2: That's
0: okay. I'm actually speechless at that one. That one was fucking great. They're all just like. Casually dancing around this dead body. And the smell of burning feet.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they kind of just step over it. Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, now that that's done with. Yeah. Cut the pigeon pie. Yeah. Fucking hell. Okay. That was good. I like that one.
1: I wanted to slip in one tidbit about the Beauty and the Beast story that I told last time. It's a huge detail that I missed, but I didn't include it. I guess because I didn't find it until now, so... Before the prince got turned into a beast, he lived with an old woman. This old woman was an evil fairy in disguise. The prince lived with this old woman when he was a child because this old woman adopted him after his parents died. And she raised him. And when he became of age, that old woman tried to seduce him.
0: Yeah, what a sick bitch.
1: I know. The old woman got really upset at him for not wanting to go to bed with her. And that's the real reason why he was turned into a beast.
0: So he was the victim all along.
1: Yes. Okay, now that we know this and we know that the whole time, like, think about this. When when uh, Beauty came into the picture and... He kept trying to get her to sleep with him every night and she kept saying no. Right? Okay. I always thought that was weird because I was like, okay, so does that mean back then sex and love were the same thing? You know? Yeah. How strange. But that makes a lot of sense because if this is his experience with love and sex and he's like, oh, well love and sex is the same thing because my adopted mother is trying to get me to have sex with her then that's what he's learned about love and sex
0: so he's just a damaged person that needs to be loved
1: so it makes sense as to why he's asking beauty to have sex with him every night because of his
0: upbringing trauma
1: and his upbringing so i'm just like he is a victim he's not forcing her to have sex with him he's just this is his idea of like up.
0: consent or whatever yeah, yeah he's not
1: forcing her he's not raping her at night or while she's sleeping or anything like that he's just like hey have sex with me and then she's like nah i'm good and he's like okay fine let's just eat <laughs> you know
0: that sounds from cantaloupe then
1: yeah so i'm just like wow
0: <laughs> yeah well i'm glad we got to the bottom of that
1: so yeah anyways i just had an epiphany right now so let's talk about peter pan
0: (laughs) yeah let's let's talk about peter pan so
1: peter pan's origin story is not so twisted like the evil queen dying yeah no i think i remember
0: this one he uh was brought up with his brothers in a band and his dad jesse would like force them to practice over and over again until they got their moves right and then they became like big child stars but then he went out in his zone and wrote such famous hits as Beat It and Thriller.
1: Right. So we're talking about Peter Pan, not Michael Jackson. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, you had me going, though.
0: Yeah, no, um, but I think it is like a real life Peter Pan. Uh, right? Yeah. I don't think that was just a dad joke.
1: No, <laughs> no. Yeah. You know, I see some similarities. But he definitely didn't touch kids. So So that's a huge difference.
0: Yeah, thank God. Thank God.
1: Peter Pan was written by Scottish novelist J.M. Barry, and he may have based the character on his older brother, David, who died in an ice skating accident the day before his 14th birthday.
0: I didn't know the Scottish skated on ice. That's a sad story, though.
1: All right. So his (laughs) mother and brother thought of him as forever a boy that was like the sentimental way of and, and a nice way of thinking about their they
0: just immortalized him in their late their last memories son of him. and like, brother yeah yeah that's sweet i guess
1: peter is the leader of the lost boys which includes characters by the names of Tootles, nibs slightly curly and the twins
0: slightly yeah uh
1: <laughs> so if you don't know the lost boys is a band of boys who were lost by their parents after they fall out of their perambulators which is a fancy word for strollers
0: oh <laughs> and- that's that's why we we call them proms we call strollers proms i guess that's oh why. maybe that's
1: why okay so they basically are lost boys their parents essentially lost them and when that happens they get transported into Neverland. In Barry's novel, Peter and Wendy, it's stated that Peter thins them out, quote, thins them out when they finally start to grow up.
0: The name of the novel is Peter and Wendy? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry, I thought.
1: So there's a novel called Peter and Wendy, and he's also written a play called Peter Pan. So there's several works under the name of Peter Pan.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Mm -hmm.
1: And they're all different.
0: Right, so tell us about this thinning out.
1: Okay. This is never fully explained, but it's implied that he either kills them or banishes them for growing up. Okay. It, there's, a, there's like a night and day difference between the two. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, you kind of get a feeling for both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The fact that killing them is a feeling is, is jarring in and of itself. So anyways, Peter Pan cut off Captain Hook's hand in a fight and threw it into the sea the crocodile swallowed it and got a taste for hook so it now seeks to consume him whole it also swallowed a ticking clock which alerts hook of its presence so i've never seen peter pan myself but i had no fucking idea that peter pan actually sliced off captain hook's hand
0: me neither have you seen hook though no oh with robin williams
1: I heard it was a good movie. It's a great I know Julia movie. Roberts is in it as Tinkerbell. Tinkerbell, which, by the way, has this very unhealthy relationship with Peter Pan. Like, it's not even like, oh, he's my best friend. No, it's like she would, li- She lives and breathes for Peter Pan. Oh. Like, yeah. It's like a toxic relationship yeah. situation. I
0: can see that becoming a problem. Yeah. But yeah, that's cool, though, about the ticking clock and the crocodile. I like that. Yeah. Ticking clock crock.
1: But yeah, I didn't know that and I I kind of get the feeling that the Disney movies wouldn't say how he has a hook for a hand.
0: Yeah, I don't know whether they did or not, but um Anyways. Makes sense though, yeah.
1: So Barry the author was very perspicacious in noticing many aspects of Hold on,
0: hold on. We're not just going to brush over that. What the fuck does purpose spaces mean?
1: Observant. Sorry. Okay in many aspects of children's mental development, decades before they were studied by cognitive psychologists. In particular, Peter lacks the mental capacity for secondary mental representation and cannot recollect the past or anticipate the future or even consider two things at once. He also can't see things from another person's point of view. He is therefore amnesic, Inconsequential, impulsive, and callous.
0: Okay, sounding sound so, to sound scary. No? So this
1: is a lot to unpack. So this is basically saying like a lot of his works make it apparent that this author was able to observe these kinds of behaviors in children, and he document he essentially documented documented them in his works. Before actual psychologists, yeah, yeah, even took a crack at it or wrote
2: That's anything really cool. down, yeah.
1: and he stayed true to those uh, observations in his many stories, his renditions of Peter Pan and his relationship with the other characters in his stories.
0: That's really cool. So he did a lot of like background work,
1: yeah, for uh, his
0: character. It wasn't just a quick, simple children's story. Like
1: he made Peter Pan a very 3d character a very real character right Mm -hmm. flaws and all whereas if you look at like disney's interpretations of him well me the few ones that i've seen yeah all you really get is that all he wants to do is play and never grow up and never be responsible yeah but in these stories it's not just that he just he he doesn't have any regard for anyone else's feelings He doesn't care about other people's feelings. He's a bit of a narcissist because he thinks he's so awesome. Just that's what I mean by three dimensional character.
0: And I think we all knew a kid like that growing up as well, you know.
1: Well, by nature they are like that. I mean to some like probably not as amplified as he as he wrote Peter Pan to be, obviously, because if that were to happen, we'd have a bunch of serial killers growing up now. But that was, like, if Peter Pan grew up, yeah, he would be a serial killer for sure. Absolutely. So, and I guess in that way. I mean, way, he
0: might be a serial killer anyway.
1: In, in that way, I think that's what makes this story a little scary to me. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But, I mean, if he's killing these lost boys. Correct. After a certain age.
1: Yeah, and I guess you're right. Like, it, it makes you think, like, oh, well, yeah, he probably did. There's a slight romantic aspect to the story which is sometimes played down or omitted completely. Wendy's flirtatious desire to kiss Peter, his desire for a mother figure, his conflicting feelings for Wendy, Tiger Lily, and Tinkerbell, each representing different female archetypes, and the symbolism of his fight with Captain Hook, traditionally played by the same actor as Wendy's father in the plays. All could possibly hint at a Freudian interpretation of like an Oedipus complex.
0: That's fucking really deep.
1: Yeah. Most children's adaptations of the play, including the 1953 Disney film, omit any romantic themes between Wendy and Peter. But Barry's 1904 original, his 1911 novelization, The 1954 Mary Martin musical and the 1924 and 2003 feature films all hint at the romantic elements. By nature, though, Peter is unable to see Wendy as a love interest and always sees her as a mother figure. That's a lot to impact.
0: Yeah, seriously.
2: (laughs)
1: Okay. So there was another character. I think her name was Mary Mannering. Before Wendy, there was Mary Mannering. Mary Mannering. She met Peter Pan, and she grew up, but before she did, uh, she also was in love with Peter Pan. Right. And, but she grew up, went away, whatever. Wendy came into the picture, and in Neverland, in the, the land of Neverland, there's also Tiger Lily, who is also a romantic um, figure. Tiger Lily's a Native American princess. In this place. Interesting. And, yeah. And, and Tinkerbell is the little fairy. But they all want Peter Pan.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And they all are jealous of each other. Of course. And they're all pining for his attention. But Peter Pan is like
0: oblivious, oblivious to it all. Yeah. He's just a little boy.
1: Yeah. So, and just to double back on what I said, um, Captain Hook in the plays are always played. Yeah, by Wendy's whoever's dad. playing Wendy's dad. <laughs>
0: that's cool. I like that.
1: So Peter always sees Wendy as a mother figure, even though Wendy sees him as a love interest. Okay. But that's because he's just physically, mentally incapable of understanding Wendy's feelings. Yeah. Or the feeling of any love interest. Yeah, because he's just a child. Because he's, he's only a child. Exactly. And so, in her, he just sees a mother. Okay. So whenever she tries to explain these things to him, Wendy, he's just so fucking confused and under- yeah, yeah, yeah. doesn't understand why he just, why she just won't be a mother to him. Right. Strange, right? Mm-hmm. And kind of sad. Yeah. So that's Peter Pan. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: Right.
2: <laughs>
1: After I just brain fucked you. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's Peter Pan. Isn't that crazy? That's nuts. There's a lot of like.
0: But I just like the effort that went into the characters, like in that.
1: Yeah, that's like, what I think is really cool about this too.
0: Like he really studied. Yeah. Like every aspect of how he wants that child to be. Mm-hmm. That's nuts. Like Technic- I feel like people today who just wouldn't do that.
1: Technically, everybody in Neverland has a trauma. People that are invited to Neverland are actually the more, I guess, the ones that come in from households, like stable households. Yeah. So Neverland is essentially a place for broken children. Oh, wow. Yeah. Be- and Because like Tinkerbell, like she, like there was, I think there was like a storyline where they were trying to catch Peter Pan. And Tinkerbell found out that Captain Hook knew where Peter Pan was going to be. So she went, told Peter Pan to leave. Because, um, I think they were pressed on time. So she had to think of something on the fly. Yeah. So she alerted him. Oh, go here somewhere else. And so he left. And Tinkerbell was like, all right, so I'm going to stay here and die in place of Peter Pan. Because there was a storyline where Captain Hook was going to set off a bomb in this place. And so she saved Peter Pan. And in place sacrificed sacrifice herself him. jesus christ
0: mm-hmm.
1: so that's what i mean like tinkerbell was a ride or die yeah, yeah yeah for him yeah i think
0: we all need a tinkerbell in our life
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right so let's talk about rapunzel
0: okay this is one that i'm probably least familiar with did disney make a rapunzel movie yes okay i, I don't it's one
1: it's... of the newer ones
0: oh tangled yeah yeah no i haven't seen that
1: i haven't seen it either
0: good we both know what we're talking about. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I d I don't know what I'm talking about, but what I do know what I talk what I, I do know what I'm talking about is that Rapunzel's a German fairy tale, also recorded by the Brothers Grimm and first published in eighteen twelve. So the Brother Grimm's story is an adaptation of a fairy tale called with the same name, Rapunzel, by Frederick Schultz, who made the story in seventeen ninety. Okay. Fun fact the term Letting your hair down is believed to be credited to the story. Huh. Yeah. All right. So there's a lonely couple and they were they really wanted to start a family and they were actually neighbors to a sorceress who lived in a high walled property. And within that property, there was like an expansive garden. With like different fruits and vegetables, flowers, blah, blah, blah. So the wife finally gets pregnant and the wife ends up experiencing cravings. While she's experiencing cravings, she notices some Rapunzel growing from her neighbor's yard. Rapunzel is a root vegetable. It's supposed to be like something you put in your salads. It's called Rapunzel. The they things ca- we learn I know Weekly Creep. <laughs> it's called Rapunzel, it's actually, but the real name for it is Campanula Rapunculus, okay. but they call it Rapunzel. So the wife is like, I need that Rapunzel, and she refuses to eat anything else, and she begins to waste away, literally starving herself. Her husband fears for her life, and one night, he breaks into the garden to get some for her. When he returns, she makes a salad out of it and eats it. But she longs for more, so her husband returns to the garden to retrieve more. As he scales the wall to return home, the sorceress catches him and accuses him of theft. He begs for mercy, and she agrees to be lenient, allowing him to take all the Rapunzel he wants, on condition that when the baby is born, she has to give it to her. Jesus. Desperate, he agrees. When his wife has baby girl, the sorceress takes her to raise her as her own and names her Rapunzel, after the plant her mother craved. In one version, the couple moves away before the birth in an attempt to avoid surrendering the baby, only for the sorceress to turn up at their door upon the baby's birth. So Rapunzel grows up to be a beautiful child with long golden hair. When she turns twelve, the sorceress locks her up inside a tower in the middle of the woods, with neither stairs nor a door, and only one room and window. In order to visit Rapunzel, the sorceress stands beneath the tower and calls out, "Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down your hair, that I may climb thy golden stair." One day, a prince rides through the forest. Oy,
0: and- why did she lock her up there?
1: My guess. Is because they specifically said they locked her up when she was 12.
0: So to stop her from enjoying her femininity? Probably. Okay.
1: It's likely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, oh no, we can't keep her out because...
0: She has had her first moon's blood.
1: Yeah. That and, like, I I guess it's like, well, she's in heat, so you don't want males to sniff around and try to mount her.
0: You know men cannot be controlled... It's true. And it's because of the woman. So we must (laughs) lock the woman away. Yeah.
1: So one day a prince rides through the forest and hears Rapunzel singing from her tower. Entranced by her ethereal voice, he searches for her and discovers the tower, but is unable to enter it.
0: (laughs) She's just like,
1: (laughs) (laughs) He returns often, listening to her beautiful singing. And one day sees a sorceress visit and learns how to gain access. When the sorceress leaves, he bids Rapunzel to let her hair down. When she does so, he climbs up, and they fall in love. He eventually asks her to marry him, which she agrees to. Together they plan a means of escape, wherein he will come each night, thus avoiding the sorceress who visits her by day, and bring Rapunzel a piece of silk that she will gradually weave into a ladder. Before the plan can come to fruition, however, she foolishly gives him away.
0: She foolishly gives the plan away.
1: Yeah. In one version, she says that her dress is growing tighter around her waist, hinting that Rapunzel's actually pregnant. Yeah. In later editions, she gives a prince away because she for- like, it just comes out. It's- either way, the sorceress is pissed. Yeah, yeah. So she cuts off Rapunzel's hair, and she casts her out into the wilderness to fend for herself. Oh. When the prince calls at night, the sorceress lets the severed hair down to haul him up. To his horror, he finds himself meeting her instead of Rapunzel, who is now nowhere to be found. After she tells him in a rage that he will never see Rapunzel again, he either leaps or falls from the tower, landing in a thorn bush. Although the thornbush breaks his fall and saves his life, it scratches his eyes and blinds him forever. Fuck oh, yeah. For years, he wanders through the wastelands of the country and eventually comes to the wilderness where Rapunzel now lives with the twins to whom she has given birth to. Oh. A boy and a girl. One day, as she sings, he hears her voice again and they are reunited. When they fall into each other's arms, her tears immediately restore his sight.
0: Well, that's lucky.
1: He leads her and their twins to his kingdom, where they live happily ever after.
0: Well, thank God for that. So he just rambled around aimlessly Mm -hmm. in the dark, basically. Yep. Fucking hell. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) Who needs LASIK?
1: (laughs) Just get Rapunzel to cry on (laughs) you.
0: Cry into my eyes. We'll (laughs) try that first. Then I'll go to the doctor.
1: Yeah. All right. So that's it for me. Hope you enjoyed them. And I guess <laughs> we're going to go to Adam's stories now.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. Good job. Thanks. I think people really like these Disney ones.
1: What makes you say that?
0: Well, we've had a few people that say, said they really like these Disney ones. <laughs>
1: oh, you didn't tell me. No, I didn't.
0: All right. So getting back to my thing. This is just a half full of like first-hand accounts of what the fuck just happened. As Jim Harold would call it, a real head scratcher. (laughs) But it's funny because when I was reading this, it reminded me of this time when I worked in Canada or when I lived in Canada, the job I had, sometimes I would have to drive from Toronto to Montreal. And when I first got there, I think it was, it's only like six hours or something of a drive, but that to an Irish person is like, here to Mars. Or at least that's how it felt to me. So, the first time when I finally had to go down, I was real excited. I was like, oh, this is so cool. I get to drive the truck for like fucking six, seven hours straight and, uh, you know, see a new city, all this kind of stuff. And the guy that I was driving with had done it many a time and was like, all right, well, we're just done. So, anyway, I was like stopping at every fucking rest stop along the way. I think it ended up taking us way longer than it should have. <laughs> But we stopped at this burger place Mm -hmm. and it was like a cool old fashioned truck stop Mm -hmm. in the middle of nowhere. And that was something that blew me away because it was literally like, like it felt like there was no trees or anything. Mm -hmm. So we go in, we order like a couple of burgers or whatever. And then the lady behind the till must have just been used to like only dealing with locals or like regular customers. And uh, so she was like chatting to us and like blah, blah, blah. And then she just handed our food and say, all right, have a nice day. We didn't pay her, though. (laughs) (laughs) So the two of us were looking at each other cards in hand. And we were like, "Okay, thanks. Now, bye. And we went back outside and me and Craig were like, I'll tell you what, we'll sit in the truck and we'll eat in the truck. And if she comes out, we'll pay. Mm -hmm. And if not, then, you know, whatever. But I did that trip. I can't even tell you how many times, like probably fifty fucking times. Mm -hmm. I never saw that truck stop again.
2: Weird. Yeah.
0: Right now. Maybe because they
1: kept on giving free food to strangers. (laughs) Yeah, they just
0: tore it it to the (laughs) ground. Maybe, but like I'm not saying that it disappeared or anything. I'm almost 100 percent sure it's still there. But because that was my first time, I didn't really know where I was or anything. Mm -hmm. But yeah. In all the time since, I never fucking found the place again. Weird. Yeah. And we got free food. So, was the
1: food good?
0: Yeah, it was really good. It was proper, like, uh, like greasy spoon kind of diner. Like, ah, nice. oh, it's a good burger.
1: Very good.
0: <laughs> so, that's my story of somewhere that possibly disappeared. But these stories are a little bit more um, sinister. No, 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 not sinister, but like a little bit more. Of a head scratcher. Like for me, I probably just got lost. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Or went a slightly different route because it was our first time, Mm -hmm. my first time going that way. But these guys tried to go back like within minutes and the place was gone. Okay. So back when I was younger, I was a terrible kid to deal with. Just being totally unmanageable as well as being a child of two narcissists. The decision was made that I would work on a huge ranch deep into the sticks of Arizona. On cattle drives, it was not unusual to stumble upon houses, encampments, and even whole towns in the middle of nowhere. These all had their own movie-like situations that came out of them, but one in particular I will never forget. Here we are on another cattle drive, this time pretty far into it. We've been out in the desert, if I remember correctly, easily three or more weeks. When we stumble upon this town in the middle of a canyon that is picture perfect, In addition, lo and behold, there is a diner, like an old, totally chromed out East Coast diner. We have not eaten anything really of substance for a while, and the head wrangler promised me a milkshake for my birthday. I was beyond stoked, if not a little weirded out. But honestly, after you spend enough time in the wilderness of the US, nothing really surprised me. I don't know why he's so (laughs) creeped out about this guy wanting to buy him a milkshake for his birthday. So we leave behind some of our mates to watch the cattle, and we go up, hike into the canyon to go to the diner. The second we set foot in the diner, the head guy, this older cowboy who is the head of all of us, grabs my arm. This place is packed, and everyone is wearing odd clothing, like stuff from maybe the 40s or 50s. Hmm. My head wrangler, T, is a really tough guy who, from ranching his entire life, has definitely seen some shit. When I realise everyone is just staring at us, and there is a really strange feeling in the air. Now we were used to getting looks all the time from being smelly and dirty, but these people had a look of almost fear or shock. T and the two others with us, slowly back out of the diner, dragging me in tow, and we immediately go back to our site and leave without a word. I was so confused I just went along with all of it. To this day, I have no idea what that place was or if we stumbled through it, time warp or what. But my wrangler told me later that night when we were away from them that he felt like he had stepped back in time. Like, truly stepped back in time and that place was stuck in some sort of loop. And if we stayed, we would get stuck too. T never really spoke a lot nor was he to be messed with. He also had a mean sweet tooth despite having almost no teeth. (laughs) So for him to have reacted like that, it really shook me. All right, weird. Okay. So this one's called Nothing Tastes Better Than Free Ghost Pizza. Yum. I was staying at a friend's place in the financial district in NYC. They were out of town, so I was babysitting their cat. Nice. At some point in the late evening, I realized I hadn't eaten dinner. So I went out to find something fast. Hurricane Sandy had recently come through, so many shops and restaurants were still closed and in recovery mode, so my search turned up nothing of interest. On my way back to the apartment to order delivery, I walked by a place with a woman standing outside and she said, free pizza.
2: Mm.
0: Now I'm not one to ever turn away from those words. (laughs) So I turned to her and she repeated the phrase while opening the door to a small pizzeria. Creepy. I went inside and sure enough, There was free pizza. (laughs) I ended up getting two large slices and headed back home for the night. Stopping to give one to the doorman at the apartment complex. How nice. Yeah. The next day, I walked the entirety of the financial district and found absolutely no trace of this pizzeria. To this day, I still call it my ghost pizza story. This one's called Follow the Rabbit. My grandparents had a big farm when I was growing up. And all of the grandkids would help work it over the summer when we were out of school. And the way he says that makes it sound like they were out of a job. Like oh, school yeah. just let them go. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe come back in September, we might have something to teach you.
1: They got the pink slip.
0: The <laughs> pink slip is not for cars.
1: Oh, yeah. They got the slip. <laughs> just the slip.
0: Just the slip, yeah. Anytime we saw a rabbit, we were supposed to get it. Oh. Anytime we saw a rabbit, we were supposed to get it with the hoe or grab the shotgun. I was around 12 or so when I saw a little rabbit in the beans. (laughs) 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 There's somebody that lives lives in the countryside that is just looking at their radio now going, what? I don't get it. What is wrong with these two people? Saw a rabbit in the beans. I saw a rabbit in the beans. I just opened a can. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was around 12 or so when I saw a little rabbit in the beans. And I didn't want my grandfather to see it, so I tried to chase it off. Followed it into the brush on the land, and for whatever reason I just kept following because usually I'd lose sight of them pretty quickly once they hit the brush. I kept following it until I found what was clearly an old barn ruin. These are pretty normal to happen upon where I'm from, and they're fun to look around inside, so I went in. It was weirdly kept up really well with antique tools in great shape and fresh hay. I worried I had crossed into our neighbor's property, so I hightailed it out of there. I asked my grandfather about it, and he said our land went way far past what I had described, and I couldn't have left our land in that short amount of time, so he followed me out there, and we couldn't find it. I checked every summer I worked there and we never found it again. Not creepy, but it always drove me crazy where that stupid barn went.
1: That's strange.
0: Yeah, right? Especially on your own land. Yeah. But that's why I like these stories because they're not like a lot of them are just kind of mundane. Like they don't know what happened or anything, but it's like, did they accidentally go back in time or something? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, could be.
0: Okay, a missing hill and a time warp. When my brother and I were 10 and 12 respectively, our family went on a hike through the cemetery and into the woods not far from our house. My brothers and I would explore these woods every day, even camped in them before. We knew it like the back of our hands. Anyway, as the family hits our usual spot by the creek, halfway through, my brother and I said we'd be back in a few. We wanted to wander off further up the creek, so we did. We came across a very large hill we had never seen before. It was littered with what looked like someone's worldly possessions. As if they turned the house upside down, shook out the contents, took the house and left. There were tons of painted X's on the trees showing someone intended to cut them down at some point. We poked around for a few when we thought we heard our mom hollering at us. So we turned tail and walked maybe 20 feet back down the hill to where our parents were. The entire encounter was maybe 45 minutes long, on our end. As soon as our mom saw us, we got the beating of a lifetime. Jesus. (laughs) We had actually been gone for almost four hours. She never saw us walk up any hill and remembered seeing us meander down the straight path by the creek, not turning up a hill that was 20 feet away. She and her husband and our other brother combed the woods for over four hours screaming our names and couldn't find hide nor tail of us. We pleaded our case and even tried showing her the hill. Surely she was messing with us. So we stomped up to the turnoff for the hill, and it was gone. Nowhere to be seen. For years we explored the woods, determined to find that fucking hill. We covered miles and miles of off-path woods. As we got older, we mapped it out. To this day, that hill still doesn't exist. We never found it again. Never found the weird furniture, toys, clothes, and other household items that were scattered across the hill, and never met anyone in the, mer- in the area that had a clue about the hill. We probably just wandered way further than we meant to, but I always found it weird that we never found the hill again. And that they were missing for four fucking hours. Yeah. Okay, I think I'll do one more. Where is everyone? Many years ago, myself and two of my best friends decided to go for a day of mountain biking at Snowshoe in southern West Virginia. We got very lost. Sometime along the way, we ended up in this very tiny little town, and we figured we would ask for directions. It was absolutely deserted. I'm talking not a single soul to be seen anywhere. We parked the truck and split up looking for anyone. Now... This was around 9 or 10 a.m., so not exactly super early. We went into the post office. We found nobody. We went into the only bar in town which was unlocked, unattended, with music playing, but not a single soul present. We went business to business to business and walked the streets and after about 25 minutes, finally found one old guy who just seemed to appear out of nowhere in the middle of the town walking alone. The first question we asked him wasn't even for directions, it was where the hell is everyone? To which he replied well, I guess folks round here don't get up too much till round noon. We asked him for directions to snowshoe and he pointed to the road we came in on and said to go that way about 10 miles and take a right and we will find the interstate. We left quickly. We all had a very bad sense of unease about the whole thing. As we left we were about five miles down the road and hit a lady dressed up in a state road uniform, standing in the middle of a very long straightaway, holding a stop sign. Oh, okay, so they didn't actually hit her. They just saw her and arrived yeah. at her. Okay. <laughs> this is a confession. <laughs> oh, they
1: ran up to her, <laughs> yeah. decked her in the mouth.
0: Oh, no, I thought they hit her with the car.
2: Oh.
0: <laughs> we ran over her, never looked back. <laughs> when we approached her, she turned... She turned the sign from slow to stop. We asked what was going on. She stated that there was road construction ahead. We told her of what just happened and she just kind of laughed and said, those people in that town are kind of strange, but let it slide. So we actually started talking to her, waiting for a line of traffic to come by from the opposite direction. We actually ended up talking to her for about 45 minutes to an hour, just shooting the shit. Kind of got lost in the conversation. Not one single vehicle ever approached from the other direction or behind us. Eventually, she said, Well, I guess it's clear now, and you all can go ahead, and slowly turned the sign from stop to slow, and motioned for us to go ahead. We went straight ahead, the only direction you could possibly go for the next 30-something miles, and didn't see any signs of construction, state road workers, or maintenance going on at all. She had no vehicle. We figured she was a flag woman dropped off by some crew up ahead. After the encounter with the town and this woman, we had had enough and called it quits. We turned on the interstate as soon as we found it and headed north and home. Every single one of us remembers this whole encounter in vivid detail to this day. I asked my friend about it actually about three months ago at his wedding, and it still freaks him out to no end. Can you imagine sitting? for 45 minutes to an hour
1: talking to someone
0: yeah it's like surely you can turn that sign around now (laughs) yeah what the fuck
1: but i mean if they lost concept of time or they lost time just like all the others
0: well yeah maybe strange though right very and i definitely would have taken my fair share of things from the empty businesses (laughs) (laughs) like oh look new ipod
1: free saw shakers (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) Okay, this is the last one. The Secret Motel. About six years back, my mom, my brother, and I took a road trip from South Cal. I can't say SoCal. 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 I'm just <laughs> So-Cal. not cool enough. So-Cal. From SoCal. So- no. <laughs> from SoCal to Seattle. We stopped at a couple of places along the way to make, it, to make it a long trip. On the way back, we were driving through Oregon, and it starts snowing. It's about midnight so we decide to get a room, spend the night and head back out in the morning. We see this really ugly sign off the freeway saying hotel next exit. So I take the exit and head up. It goes up a hill and back down and it's just a huge clearing. Small little motel, there are cars there but it looks full. It's like a bunch of bungalows all closed off and split into rooms. The cards are parked in front of the rooms except for one room. I got up to the middle bungalow door where it says office. I walked in and some guy comes out of the back and he was obviously sleeping and I had woken him. I asked for a room and he says, hold on man, let me handle something in the back real quick. (laughs) What the fuck? The guy lets out this massive, gnarly fart.
2: Oh, my God.
0: (laughs) Starts low and ends high. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty sure he had to wipe after that one. (laughs) I start laughing and he walks back in and gets mad that I'm laughing. Gives me the key and my mom and bro all go to one room for the night. Next morning, about 7 a.m., we hear people outside the room. Farting. Yeah.
1: To each
2: other. Yeah.
0: It's loud and a lot of people are there. I look (laughs) at It's loud and a lot of people are there. I look out the window and no one is there. Not a single person, but we can still hear them.
1: Whoa.
0: We got ready and left at about seven thirty in the morning. We can still hear people, but still don't see anyone.
1: What the fuck?
0: We walk outside and it's nothing. But old cars parked there, rusted out, some sitting on cinder blocks, some didn't have windows. What? I go to the office, and a different guy than the gnarly fart guy is there. <laughs> he keeps asking if we're sure we don't want to stay another night. I say, no.
1: No Hotel California? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I say, no. And we get into the car, and remembered we saw a McDonald's like an exit or two back, so we backtrack, get breakfast, and we start heading back home. On the way back, we passed a sign that says no facilities in the next 20 miles or something like that. We don't see the bootleg sign we had seen the night before. After that, we made sure we only stayed at big motels off the freeway.
1: Weird.
0: Yeah, right? And like this list goes on and on and on. That's why I wanted to include it, because it was like, these stories are fucking cool. Yeah. I, and some of them are as simple as, we went to a gas station, we had to go back, we forgot something. Like, fucking a can of Coke or something. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And the gas station was gone. You know what I mean? Like, just nothing there. All right. There you go, guys. Happy weekly creep. Happy Friday. (laughs) We are hopefully sitting on the beach in Florida right now.
1: Yeah, I don't know what the hell that was, Adam.
0: Covered in baby oil. Glistening. No.
1: (laughs) That's how you cook outside.
0: That's what my my great-granddad used to do. My great-granddad was, like, a hell of a man for a tan
2: really yeah
0: um because i was talking to granny about this the other day because i was like i don't tan i only burn yeah but i was sitting out the front and i had my shirt was just open and i was like everything just hanging out and so i was talking to granny and i was like oh i feel like granddad fox because that's how he used to sit like white chest hair everywhere but he used to be a fireman and he'd be sitting in the sun like waiting for the next call and he would just be covered in like Baby oil. Oh. <laughs> or cooking oil or any kind of fucking grease. Wow. Just to get it that bit browner, yeah.
1: Was it skin cancer that he passed of?
0: No, he was like he literally, I think he is the person that I'm most like in my whole family. Fucking love sweets. Eventually I think he Well rented. your
1: granddad did too.
0: Yeah, no, I think diabetes is what got him. Just a just a big man eating his way with a good tan. Yep, there you go. Happy right on. everything. Uh, make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter. Actually, do you know what? Just follow us on Instagram and Facebook. The Facebook group has a few people in it. Yeah. Uh,
1: but don't follow us in person. That's weird.
0: That is weird. Make sure to check out our YouTube channel. We have
1: vlogs.
0: We have vlogs, yeah. So check out the Weekly Creep YouTube channel for... Every now and then I'll leak some, some of the Patreon content as a little sampler.
1: And some wet poop. (laughs) Uh,
0: And also check out Adam and Dulce on YouTube because we have a separate channel for like just little vlogs and stuff like that.
1: We has vlog.
0: Yeah. Um, And join our Patreon if you want a butt ton of extra. What's the word I'm looking for? Content. Content. Leak free. (laughs) Leak free. Um, Yeah. Other than that, have a fucking great weekend. And uh, we'll see you guys.
1: We'll see you on Instagram. Next time. Bye. Same bad time,
0: same bad channel.